So, yes, I was in Bloemfontein for the first time with the work on at the Kunstfeers mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. And then for the first time, I'd met Alri that night. And yeah. so we took a picture together, Alri, Pauline and I. Mm-hmm. And I have a very good relationship with ABSA post-winning. And yeah. I sent it through and Dawn replied and said to me, what you got up your sleeve there? And mm. then I said, no. Who's Dawn? Tell us who Dawn Sorry, is. Dawn, yep. Dawn ran, um, so, uh, worked with Dr. Bayless in running the art gallery yes. and the media and, and everything mm-hmm. else that's happening in the gallery. Yeah. And she said, what have you got up your sleeve then? And I said, no, nothing. But because I normally work in statistics, yeah. um, it was a no brainer for me to mm-hmm. be able to quickly figure out that we were the first three consecutive winners, yeah. female winners, sorry. Yeah. And then I flew down to Bloom and I met with Pauline and Elri came to Pauline's farm. Mm -hmm. And that weekend we just chatted and it was really, I was either going to leave that weekend and we were going to carry on with our own individual art careers or something could happen. And um, it was really quite cool. Um, We came across this rubber and it was like, it was an uncanny time lapse. So we came across this rubber, we met, um, we just sort of had this brief discussion and we said, what would we like out of a show? And we all suggested, no, we didn't want our own art practices and our own art names to mm-hmm. be like, you know, the cool thing about collaboration is the opportunity to be able to work in something different and mm-hmm. the opportunity to really step away a bit and just use your creativeness and work with other artists. And then I came back to Joburg and we proposed a show to yeah. ABSA. And, and that's the sound of your hands drumming yeah, on, the, sorry. on the table as you, <laughs> I guess you're writing an email. I'm writing an email. <laughs> I'm writing a, a two-page proposal to ABSA <laughs> to be able to explain to them exactly what we want to do and why we should do it and you know and like why this type of collaboration is really cool yeah. and it was an immediate sort of support from APSA yeah. right from right from then they said cool what you girls got up your sleeve yeah that's fantastic I like that story I like the serendipitous nature of how you met how you came together and how you ended up working together and the fact that um, you had a patron in APSA that was ready willing and, uh, and able to provide you with the sort of material support that you need But let's talk about collaboration. Are you a natural collaborator? And I say this sort of within the context of uh, it's August, it's Women's Month. And there are a lot of words that are thrown around when it comes to a woman's identity and a woman's way of being in the world. And for some reason, we keep getting told we're natural collaborators or maybe that we're nurturing or that we always want to share stuff, you know. But I mean, you as an individual, are you a natural collaborator? And what is the process of opening yourself up to working with two other people like because um, I guess maybe like writing creating art can be a solitary pursuit is it? Absolutely so all three of us manage our own individual careers in in solitude like on our own and so this was something we needed to even open ourselves up to in the beginning it was fun Uh, it was like having two new best friends (laughs) and we were like a little group but it was difficult because we are equally as passionate about the same goal Mm. and we don't have a hierarchy of who is leading the project versus who is just following we were three equal individuals in with our own artistic right collaborating yeah and with that amount of passion and drive and determination and vision it was a challenge because you are you are three now working towards your own brand your your own career and everything you've worked for so i wouldn't say that i would be i'm possibly a natural collaborator mm-hmm. although I do understand my feminine attitude in terms of just wanting to be around people yeah. and wanting to give and wanting to share mm-hmm. I do have that but I think when it comes to my work drive mm-hmm. 
alone is often a lot better because then I'm in control yes. and that control. Yeah. That control is what gives you ultimately is what ensures that you get, um, you, you, you execute the vision, exactly. right? The control is the thing that makes sure that you translate what's in your mind Absolutely. into reality. Yeah. Absolutely. It's integral. It's important for an artist. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Let's talk about your earlier work because I've, I've found some of it really, really interesting and in the, the fact that you talk about dealing and working a lot with statistics, right? That's pretty interesting. Um, but before we go there, let's describe um, Tripe and the actual um, the actual work of art itself, the actual exhibition itself. So if you sort of go onto the APSA Art Dialogues page, you see the sort of light-infused tube. It's I, I don't know if the light is coming from within it, but it, it sort of illuminates the rest of this flat that sort of rubbery tube has it been sewn has it been um glued together knotted together i don't know it could look intestinal it could really be anything and everything tell me about the concept and the idea behind tripe and what you um ladies finally settled on when you decided okay now that we've decided we need to work together and we're going to use um a polyurethane and plastic a byproduct of manufacturing from a johannesburg manufacturer and two weeks worth of it right we're going to use all this material and turn it into an, a work of art. Why tripe? I'm an abstract painter. Alri is like a macro collector <laughs> and yes. um, Pauline is a painter. Mm. And so taking these three very different styles and very different like concepts, how were we going to collaborate? Immediately we started to talk about ideas of femininity and, you know, our role as artists or women in, in the arts. Yeah. And towards the end of the weekend, we decided there is no stronger concept for us to represent and dedicate a year's worth of work than art. Yeah. So we focused on line, tone, color, shape, form, space. Mm. And we decided that that speaks louder than any woman's lib or, or you know, anything. <laughs> than any slogan. Yeah, yeah, or something like that. Because that's the only thing I could really like drive. It becomes a tricky thing to start talking about something that maybe didn't ever happen to me, say like women's abuse or this or that. Mm -hmm. I, I could have a voice about it, but I don't have a personal reference mm -hmm. to it. So um, it became this, um, what is, what is, what am I passionate about? What yeah. do I want to share with the world? Yeah. And so we decided that making an art installation, and this was what was so beautiful about three Latelier winners coming together, is that we all got the chance to spend six months in Paris. And we are all still six years later, mm -hmm. post going to France, yeah. I mean, for some of us, so inspired by art for like the sake of art, about installation art, art mm -hmm. that's not for sale, art yeah. that's just to look at. And um, when we came together, we said, I knew that I had a friend in APSA, like post-winning. Mm -hmm. So I knew that applying or a proposal was something allowed, yeah. like that they would at least look. Yeah. I knew that they would they would look at it. And so we proposed to them this installation and we said, this is why South Africa needs an art installation because mm -hmm. only through corporate sponsorship can we dedicate a year of our lives mm. to be able to make an art environment. Mm, absolutely. And that that's where the rubber comes in mm -hmm. because therefore we, we came across this roller factory. Pauline only uses the very tiny, tiny roller for lithography, yeah. but they produce rollers that are six meters long, like, mm. you know, really, really huge, huge rollers. Yeah. And um, then they are stripping these rollers and then this um, polyurethane and rubber byproduct is yeah. being dumped and it's already in a state that it no longer can be recycled from that point. Yeah, yeah. And so many people don't think that rubber can't be recycled because mm -hmm. it comes from the, the sap of a tree yeah. but in that state it, it this stuff was getting thrown away straight from coming 
off of that roller, yeah, getting yeah. thrown away. And um, we spoke to the manufacturers of the factory and they were so willing to allow us to take this stuff. Of course, they were, of course. They, <laughs> they were paying for it to be discarded. Yeah. I mean, of course, us yeah. taking it. Yeah, we have about four and a half tons of it. My goodness. And this is just over a two-week period. Mm-hmm. So this is two weeks worth of byproducts. Yeah. Yeah, that's quite something. And it, yeah, and we knew that we could get this material for free and we knew that we could get a lot of it. Mm-hmm. We liked its properties. It was colorful. It was tangible. It, we could do things with it. Mm-hmm. And then we decided to take our artistic initiative and like the things that we know and that, that we trust in, yeah. our skills and our concepts. It was a challenge for all three of us. Not yeah. one of us have ever worked with rubber. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to ask you now to just describe to us the physical task of processing it. So the material inevitably wanted to be weaved, but we really tried hard to stay away from that. Mm. We loved its weaving properties in terms of community development. Yes. So we taught a lot of people how to weave with it. Mm-hmm. But when it came to a fine art perspective, mm-hmm. we really tried to find ways to master our material. Okay. So we knotted it or twisted it, wrapped it, rolled it. We did all kinds kinds of things mm. to it and also allow the material to do what it wants to do but without control over it and so finding a visual outcome for it yes everything in the show is still abstract yeah so that was the beautiful thing about it you are attracted to everything and it's a space for you to be able to feel safe mm-hmm. in terms of coming into an art space and wondering what is it it's nothing. Mm. And mm. we created that space intentionally. Nothing is an actual form or an actual, has an actual subject because we didn't want, oh, I didn't see that it was this. So I didn't see that. We wanted the viewer's imagination and the viewer to be able to, it's okay to not know what it is. And it's also okay to have your own opinion of mm. what it is. Elry, for instance, thinks yes. it's an umbilical cord. Yeah, yeah. Although when I envisioned it and when we were we're collaborating on making it. I saw it when you close your eyes and you take a sparkler and you write your name or you write something with a yes, sparkler. Yes, yes, yes. So that's what I was creating. Yeah. And Elry was creating an umbilical cord. Yeah. And it was so fun and free to be able to both work on the exact same thing, but allow it to be whatever you envision it to mm, be. Mm. I like the idea of, you know, just access to art and the sense that so many people have that you need a qualification to be able to enjoy art or to understand art or to go into artistic spaces or creative spaces and art is not for everybody then who the heck could it possibly be for exactly you know and that's why it's so important especially for me and in my art making aside from trap is to create art that is to break down this barrier or this mm. prejudice that art is for the elite or I don't have an art background so art's maybe over my way over my head yeah and so that is really probably something I'm so passionate about. Mm-hmm. And so with making everything in the show abstract and by filling the ABSA gallery with four and a half tons of rubber, um, it became something that you had to go and see. You had to go and experience it. It is a sensory experience. Mm-hmm. You know, you the pictures are great, mm-hmm. but they don't do it justice. And mm-hmm. they were never intended to. We knew that photography wasn't able to capture the show. So you forced the art to become a destination. You forced the gallery to be a destination, not something we can consume on my Instagram page. Exactly. You need to, <laughs> exactly. You need to go and experience it. And we were so um, intentional about it. it should be attractive and repulsive at mm. the exact same time, mm-hmm. communicating that exact thing about wanting to like art, 
but also being intimidated by the fact that maybe not having a huge artistic knowledge or, mm. or not understanding what the painting means. That attraction and repulsion that happens to everybody in viewing art. Yeah. You're attracted to it, but then you're repulsed by it because maybe you don't understand it and maybe you're intimidated by mm. it. Whereas now you were also repulsed by the smell of it. Mm-hmm. So many people touched it. Mm-hmm. So many people, This it really became like, wow, you were looking, you were hearing, you were seeing, you were smelling. Mm. 